In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. Astrologers from the east arrived, and entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and bowed low in homage to him. They opened their treasure chests and presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Matthew 2, verses 1 and 11. This journey was not a casual one. These astronomers convened from afar. Some scholars say Persia, Arabia, or even India. They'd heard of the coming of the Messiah and they knew the signs and recognized the star and followed it. When they saw that it had stopped above the place where the child lay, they were overjoyed at the sight of it. Matthew 2.10. They had treasure chests with them containing gold for a king, incense for God and myrrh for anointing at death. This was a carefully planned visit that took many months. When they paid tribute, they listened to a warning from an angel not to return to Herod. This is important stuff and heralds the revelation of the Christ child to the Gentiles. When I was growing up, we always left our Christmas decorations in place until Epiphany, which is today, the 12th day of Christmas, January the 6th. Celebrated as 12th night with a king's cake and the telling of the salvation story at a festival called Boar's Head. These magi paid Jesus the kind of respect only God deserves by bowing, worshipping, bearing gifts. As we progress through 2012, let us remember who we are approaching as we near the feet of Jesus. Do we come as honoring magi or do we come as complainers, whiners, takers? Think about it as we celebrate Epiphany, the manifestation of God in the form of human flesh through Christ. Well, good morning, good afternoon, happy new year. Welcome to the Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNinney. My guest today is Gretchen Rowe, Community Liaison for the Calvert School. We're going to be talking about curriculum and exciting changes Calvert is making to their resources, and we'll probably find a few minutes between sips to chat about her lovely family, her dear hubby's new job, and share some holiday stories. I'm also going to mention resolutions or not. Having all four children in Texas, the West End, zoo happenings, sheepish films, the Old Bailey, and my book is back. I'm having apple pie and cream today since I'm full to the brim with pudding and pince pies. So find yourself a comfortable spot, put your feet up and sip away at a hot drink while I carry on for an hour from merry old England. And as I said, happy new year. 
We were working the panto on New Year's Eve, so went into the theatre bar afterwards at about 10.30, where there were a few straggling cast members, and we indulged for a while, enjoying some snacks and making new acquaintances. We talked until the radio finally went on, and we heard live, in its country of origin, the chimes of Big Ben announcing the new year. We hugged and wished each other happiness and walked home. There was a fireworks display apparently in the city, which was quite good, according to a fellow Brit, master of the understatement, who grudgingly admitted after further discussion that it was the best one he'd seen for years. We were up for a very poorly attended mass the next morning and did our final show at three o'clock in the afternoon, followed by a strike and a little party. So that's over. We've already been asked to do Alfie in March. We'll see. Well, guess what? After six months or maybe even longer, I have a book excerpt this week. I finally finished the last three chapters for your listening pleasure. This is the memoir portion of chapter 20 called Pets, Pets and More Pets. Today I'm recounting my memories of the family pet while I was growing up. There was always a dog in our house. I remember Chummy, a black and white fox terrier who was very protective of me. Mummy says he'd sit tied to my pram outside the shops while she went inside to buy cheese or ham or anything else she needed. And she never feared I'd be taken away. I don't remember this. The first memory I have of the dog is sharing his biscuits with me. He had a basket under the sink in the kitchen, more a wooden box, which my father probably made. A curtain covered his retreat and I'd pull it back and climb into the basket with him and scrabble around for tidbits, invariably turning up a few hastily hidden doggy biscuits, which he willingly let me find and share with him. When we left Germany, Chummy was probably about 11 or 12. He'd been in a good few fights, so had become a bedraggled faithful hound. He wasn't good with other dogs. He loved me, not them. At six, I was told he'd found another home, and as I grew older, I learned that adults usually tell white lies to children to protect them from the awful truth. I hadn't learned about awful truths at six. In England, once my parents had settled into their renovated Georgian cottage, their preferred title for the little terraced house in Balham, They bought a dog, I think. Perhaps someone bought it for them, because, to be honest, I don't think there was enough money left over at the end of the week to waste on buying an expensive thoroughbred dog. Carl was a cavalier King Charles Spaniel and beautiful. He loved other dogs and hated me. This didn't mean that when I was old enough, I was exempt from the responsibility of taking him for three walks a day around the block. The block was long and could take as much as 30 minutes to circumnavigate. I was a self-conscious walker of the dog because the times usually coincided with breaks at school and I was faced with all these older children coming home from the comprehensive schools in Battersea and other neighbouring towns. Carl chased ankles and heels. This mortified me as it caused the older children to regard me as the culprit. He, as I mentioned, liked other dogs and would embarrass me by doing what dogs do when they meet a fellow canine. This elicited bawdy comments not suitable for repeating here. For a young girl, walkies became a nightmare. I soon noticed another characteristic about Carl, which I enjoyed and which endeared myself to him, albeit on a temporary basis. He could do tricks, and I loved teaching him silly little things to do before being allowed one of his good boy milk chocolate treats. I'd rest the reward on his nose and make him stay 
and then say eat, and he'd flip the treat in the air and catch it. He could speak in a whispered bark, which was amazing. He knew paw and shake and beg and sit and all the usual commands. But when he walked to heel, which he did beautifully, my parents had trained him from a book, he took the command to the extreme and other people's feet walked into his sight lines. Heel became any heel, not necessarily mine. My father mostly taught him the art of obedience. Daddy had the patience of a saint with this dog. It was a marvel to watch since he had no patience with me. I became aware of this one Saturday when I wanted to learn how to change a plug or at least put one on to the appliance we'd just bought. In England, all appliances come in the box without plugs attached. These have to be wired before the item can be used, and I thought it would be a good skill for me to learn for the future. Carl and I sat on the floor, and my father, for some reason, the simple plug change was not going smoothly, and Daddy was getting irritated, but I didn't notice until too late and in mid-question. How do I know which colour wire goes where, I asked. He scowled at me, stroked the dog and sent me packing. Perhaps Carl learned how to put on a plug that afternoon. I certainly didn't. From then on, I deliberately placed my feet dangerously close to the beloved dog's basket under the breakfast table to incite snarls and growls from the pet, which in turn caused glares and threats from my father to leave the poor dog alone. The posting to Beirut, Lebanon came along when Carl was six years old and he was given to my grandmother, not a dog lover, to look after. There were many sighs, tears and smirks over leaving the dog. He was sent to his new home with luggage and pages of instructions that would do a favourite child proud. Nana never got on with Carl. He insisted on sleeping on her bed, a no-no in our house, though he did have a sleeping basket in my parents' room. Not only did he manage to sleep on Nana's bed, he took to using her pillow, and in the end, she couldn't get near the bed at night with his bared teeth and deep growls, so she had to keep him locked out of her room in the evenings. It was a battle of the wits. He eventually died in his sleep. At least, this was the version of the awful truth I was told at 14. Years later, when their guard was down, I discovered he'd been hit by a car while he was relieving himself in the gutter outside the house. Nana was not one for walks. Sounded like a fitting end to me. While dogless in Beirut, there was a lovely little dachshund named Polly, whom we sat for, sat for a few times while her owners went home on leave to France. I'd never thought much of these sausage dogs, as my brother and I referred to them, but once we got to know Polly, we understood their attraction. They're charming little dogs, intelligent, gentle, and Polly loved me. Her best trick was sitting in the back of the car on someone's lap, usually mine, and hanging her head out of the open window. Her long ears turned inside out, and the grin on her face was infectious. I have a charm on my charm bracelet of a Polly dog with inside-out ears. One of our dogs would never have been allowed such outrageous behaviour, but Polly was French. What more could we say? After our first few days together, we noticed she had a mind of her own and wouldn't respond to our commands. I finally came up with a brilliant suggestion that perhaps she only understood French. This solved our problem and we soon learned the French for stay, sit and walk. Other temporary dogs in my parents' lives included two beautiful Alsatians that guarded the camps where they worked in Iran. I loved these dogs too because they were big and gentle and well-trained and belonged to someone else. I felt I wasn't having to vie with them for my parents' affection. 
The next set of owned dogs came along after my brother and I had finished school, and my parents had come to the end of their posting career. In their retirement, they bought their first Jack Russell, who became the excuse for skipping all kinds of social occasions. When she was young, they didn't want to interfere with her house training. The twice-weekly bridge sessions that they attended occurred only at their house, where they were certain the garden was dog-proof to baggily codes so that she couldn't escape and get hurt. They wouldn't take her anywhere in the car because she got sick. They could leave her languishing at home, but only for a certain number of hours before it was time for walkies or a meal. Her food was carefully weighed before being dispensed. Her treats were evenly divvied out through the, through the day, and she wasn't allowed to pee or poop in the garden. During their retirement, they went through three such dogs, each one more spoiled than the last. When I married and moved to America, this became a problem, but not until, but only until my aunt and uncle, who happily lived close by, lost their lovely mutt of a dog, and they could be entrusted with my parents' precious cargo. I'm afraid they'd never have trusted one of their dogs to me. I treated my pets as animals to fit in with my lifestyle. No furred or scaled creature ever dictated what I could or could not do. I had four children who did that. And now we have to go on a break. I'll be back in a moment. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, the Parents' Plate is here to help you. The Parents' Plate with Brenda Nixon, Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment, and that's what the Parents' Plate does. The Parents' Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents' Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents' Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for you to be a rock star. Get ready to rock with Rock Talk and Kirk Deswalt and learn how to achieve rock star status in your industry every Tuesday afternoon at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com. Craig Deswald is the creator of the Rockstar System for Success. Craig will share easy tips and strategies on how entrepreneurs and businesses can use outside-the-box marketing strategies to stand out from their competition. Each high-energy show will feature interviews with celebrity rock stars as well as business rock stars. For more on Craig, the show, and the Rockstar Marketing Boot Camps, check out the website, CraigDuswalt.com, so you can learn how to be perceived as an expert and celebrity in your field, so more people come to you to buy your services and products. Then, get ready to be a rock star with Rock Talk and Craig Deswalt. Tuesday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Tugginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. 
And now back to your host, Vivian McNenny. I'm back and my guest this week is Gretchen Rowe, community liaison for Calvert School and a homeschooling mother of six. She could be called a regular as we've talked about many topics during her visits to my show over the years. And I do consider her a friend as we have discovered many similarities apart from homeschooling in our lives. Gretchen uses the Calvert curriculum, of course, and still has three children at home. Remember, I talked to her high schooler, Callan, in November, who enthused about her final year at home. Gretchen lives just outside Annapolis. Maryland and is a regular contributor to Calvert School's online blog community. And today we're going to be talking about a new Calvert venture with Jamasee School for children who struggle with reading. Welcome, Gretchen. How are you? I am great. Uh, uh, Happy New Year to you. I am doing just wonderful and delighted to speak with you today. Well, and Happy New Year to you. And how did your holidays go? Too quickly. (laughs) Yeah. How long did you have? How long did you have? Um, well, we actually, Calvert closed December 23rd, so we tried to uh, celebrate the holidays from December 23rd to January 2nd, mm-hmm. um, but there were lots of things to do in there in the midst of that, so it was a, a very busy time, and of course, when you've got kids home from college, um, that's sort of a frenetic pace no matter what you're doing, so. And of course, a first Christmas for the newlyweds. That, that's right. That's right. Our first Christmas for them. As a matter of fact, they hosted our Christmas Day dinner, and uh, they hosted 16 of us for dinner and um, pulled it off pretty seamlessly, so I was very impressed with them both. Oh, right. And do they live near you? About 30 minutes away. Um, oh, so and okay. then in August of this year, my eldest daughter and son-in-law and two-year-old grandson moved in with us, so... Um, we had a very joyful Christmas. Not a oh. not a quiet moment, one, but it was a lot of fun. So. <laughs> oh right! So you've got you've got um, an added several members to your family over the uh, last last portion of last year. Mm. Is that is that being good? It, it's actually it's been wonderful. Um, it's a wonderful opportunity. My eldest daughter is due with her second baby in about seven weeks, and. Mm-hmm. Um, this was um, something we decided that we would undertake as a family experiment for a year, and um, we're about four or five months in, and we all still like each other, so I guess that's good. <laughs> well, that, that is wonderful. Well, I've got two who have moved out, and then my son is living in our house in America. My second son is living in our house in America, and um, my oldest son's lease is up is, you know, at the beginning of this year. And he's talking about moving back into the house because, you know, it helps. All of a sudden, he's not having to pay these huge rent, you know, this huge rent, and he can save that money. And I'm thinking, well, you know, our house is there. It's available. Why not move in? You know, and they can pay me a little bit, but nothing like some of the rents. I don't know whether rents there are really high, but they're high. They seem to be high in Dallas. It's it's expensive here in uh, mm-hmm. in the Annapolis area. I think that's yeah. born of the fact that we're a little bit cro- close to um, the um, D.C. area, and that causes it to be everything's a little out of whack here. That's probably the easiest way to say that. Yes, yes. Well, I think it sounds as though it is too in Dallas because they talk as if there's nothing, and I say that's more than our mortgage, for goodness sake, and you're doing it as rent, and, you know, it's just you on your own, or maybe you're sharing, and it's just, well, I don't know, horrendous. So I think it's, you know, if they can handle it, then I think it's really good if they can stay at home at least for a little while and get themselves on their feet. So, 
Well, good, good. I'm glad you had some um, a good holiday and lots and lots of family around. And um, do you do anything special today for Epiphany? Do you take your decorations down? Um, our decorations will stay up through tomorrow because we haven't yet managed to have a family picture. But uh, we'll have a cooking oh. date tomorrow night. Um, usually we do it on Friday night, but um, I, one of my daughters goes back to college on Sunday, so we decided we'd have a family dinner tomorrow yeah. evening for all of us. So we'll have our king cake tomorrow night. Ah, uh, nice, nice. Do you hide a little corn? What do you hide in there, a bean? Well, this year, the youngest child always gets to pick what we hide. This year is a Lego. <laughs> we'll oh, see nice. how that works. Okay. <laughs> Just one of the tiny little Legos. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah. it's a Lego man, so I'm not sure how well he'll bake through this. It may be uh, I should think of an alternative dessert. <laughs> oh, yes, because it might melt. <laughs> well, I guess we'll find out. I'll let you know. I'll send you an email. <laughs> All right. Oh, that's interesting. I'm just wondering if they have little metal yet Legos or something like that. Oh, well. Oh, wow. All right. So you said that um, there was a lot of busy stuff going on at Calvert was it at Calvert during the holiday they were doing they were transferring over things and preparing yes, sort of they we're, um, we're excited of course that this is begins our mid-year enrollment season you know where families who have perhaps been in a public or private institution um, realize that they need to exercise a different option so um, a lot of enthusiasm as a matter of fact I'm going to be doing a webinar for um, interested families in about an hour and a half and um, we have some 60 families who are going to join me online for that. So, mm -hmm. Okay. Um, okay. So that takes us really, you're talking about mid-year enrollment. And always, I know this is a question that people have. Do I have to start Calvert in September? You know, do I have to wait a full year? Can I start any time during the year? You know, any time in a month or whatever? And, right. of course, the answer is? Right. And, you know, the mm -hmm. truth of the matter is because Calvert is an international program and provides families all over the world, we start families with their enrollments all 12 months of the year. Um, not every country runs that traditional, you know, August, September to May, June time frame that we enjoy mm -hmm. here in the United States for academics. So we are happy to welcome a family whenever they'd like to begin a homeschooling pursuit. Um, mm -hmm. We have a formal way to allow them to begin in the midpoint of the curriculum with fourth grade and beyond, we're a little bit less formal with that um, kindergarten through third grade because those are the critical years of instruction where you want to make sure that you don't have any gaps in the student's mm -hmm. academics. So we mm -hmm. work much more on a one-on-one -on -one basis with families to make sure that their students have all the basics covered um, and where they begin in the curriculum is um, a little bit more discretionary based on the skill set the children arrive with. Mm -hmm. And um, you're talking. Are you talking about students who um, have enrolled with the teacher advisory service? Um, well, yes. Students. It depends on on what kind of transcript they receive when how they begin their enrollment. If they choose to use the teacher advisory service, but we work with families um, regardless of whether they choose to use that service to assist them to make sure that they are beginning the program where it would be most beneficial for them. Mm -hmm. So it's not just limited to families who would use the advisory teacher service. Mm. So how, how does, I hadn't really thought about that, but say, say a family starts 
in the middle of the year or in March or something, and they're, they're starting at the beginning of a grade, like fourth grade, and they have an advisory teacher. And um, that teacher is also assigned to a family that started the same grade, but in September. That must be difficult for the teacher because she's, uh, you know, well, going actually, different- you know, I find we find that the teachers work very well because, of course, they'll be starting new students at the beginning of a program all year long, depending uh-huh. on where the student is from and mm-hmm. and you know how they begin the program. So it's a little bit different from the teacher's perspective. They're not. Te- teaching to a group of people they're they're working one-on-one with individual students so it works pretty seamlessly and um, we found that to be um, very effective the scenario you put forth for a fourth grader beginning in the middle of the year if they take our mid-year placement test and they place to start at the um, 81st lesson then they would be eligible through the advisory teacher service for a transcript that would reflect uh, lessons 80 through 160. Oh, okay. And is there? Do they do they pay less because they don't get as many lessons that yes. year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So it's it's, it's all correspondingly less cost. That's right. Yeah. And so that's right. And you know, if you're in a situation where you've got an academic situation that's untenable, but you're not sure what you want to do for the following year, that transcript gives you a lot of flexibility. So. Okay. Okay. And 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 are these teachers? Do they teach in the Calvert School there in Baltimore? No, no. Um, many of them are um, uh, retired teachers. Some of them are former teachers. Some of them are advisory uh, um, or educational counselors with Calvert. Some of them are retired Calvert employees. Um, it, it's a wide variety of uh, population, and they tend to specialize in a grade level. We have some teachers that will teach across different grade levels, but usually an advisory teacher is specific to a grade level. Okay. And um, we find that is the most beneficial because in that capacity, they can be the most familiar with mm-hmm. those materials. Yeah, I, I did. I used Calvert. And you have, I have this picture in my head. You know, I just imagined that it was the teachers who taught in the classrooms who also did the advisory. But, of course, Calvert has been going for over 100 years now and so must be huge so there's no way that you could just have a small group of teachers dealing with every single student. And you know I I was asked in a webinar earlier this week how many advisory teachers we have and I don't know the answer to that question. We've got Mm -hmm. a lot of them. I know many of them I know personally. Um, Many of them I do not know. I only know by reputation. Um, We're blessed this year that uh, my sixth graders advisory teacher advised every row child before him in the same grade level. So um, we actually asked if we could have her as our advisory teacher because we just think she's awesome. So mm. 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 Wonderful. All right, so you talk about doing webinars. So a webinar is more, is like, um, what, um, uh, something that explains a new project or something new that's going on? How it is. It's an opportunity to for you to participate via the internet in a presentation about a subject. In this particular case, it's an overview of what Calvert is, how we utilize the curriculum, what you can expect from a daily lesson, how we utilize the resources, and it's it's um, in an hour you can walk away with a very good understanding of exactly how Calvert works and even the opportunity to examine textbooks and um, figure out what a potential lesson plan would look like. It's really a, 
a very succinct way of giving people the opportunity to educate themselves about what Calvert has to offer. And so that's for people who aren't enrolled in Calvert yet, who are just shopping, as well as for people who are enrolled in Calvert. Well, actually, the irony of it is it's become a popular enough venue that I will occasionally have families who are veteran Calvert families who are looking at the next year. And so they want to see, okay, what's Calvert going to be debuting and that kind of thing. Okay, well, we're having to go on a short break here, but we'll continue our conversation when we get back. Okay. Thank you. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Whether you're four and a half or 100, you can retrain your brain. Learning RX, the radio show, is on toginet.com. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time with Martin Kruger. Learning RX programs are quick, they're efficient, they're life changing, and they're permanent. Unlike tutoring, cognitive skills training or brain training targets the root issue causing learning struggles. Time and money spent on chronic tutoring is a clear signal of cognitive skill deficiency. That's where Learning RX comes in. Call today, 903 617 6899. 903 617 6899. Then join us for the show here every Thursday morning at 8 a.m. And take advantage of the power it holds to improve your life. There are so many brain training issues that Learning RX can help you with. It's not a product, it's an experience. So join us for Learning RX, the radio show with Martin Kruger. Thursday mornings at 8 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. So Gretchen and I were talking about webinars, and before we um, completely change topics, let me just make sure that um, everybody knows the right place to go to listen into a webinar or join a webinar. Oh, Gretchen. that would be um, um, if you go to the main page of calvertschool.org, which would be homeschool.calvertschool.org, okay. you would uh, then see um, an information session link. And we post them at a wide variety of times for convenience of families. And okay. they can schedule one at their convenience. Okay. And do they have to have already pre-scheduled or can they just join today? 
They could they could certainly attend the eleven o'clock uh, webinar today. They'd need okay. to go click on a link because they would get a specific link um, okay. to access the webinar materials through their computer. Okay. 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 So I'll make sure that I've got that as a link on my um, on my page um, for you. So um, Calvert and this a school called uh, Jamasi um, mm-hmm. collaborated and um, you know sort of um, came up with a joint venture, which is what has it, has is it already underway or is it getting absolutely? Ready to be? It, the the curriculum was developed about three years ago. Jemisee mm-hmm. School is, has over 40 years of experience of dealing with children with language-based learning differences mm-hmm. and um, like dyslexia and other um, uh, challenges that deal with learning to read fluently and learning to spell and, you know, really translate um, thoughts to written words. And you know, many of these children are really, really bright. They just have a, a tr- have challenge with getting their thoughts into the written form. And mm-hmm. so Albert and Gemesee collaborated to create the Vertice curriculum. And Vertice is really designed to reach out to that population either who is not well served in a public school and the parents don't want to take them out of the public school but they want to do something to supplement their students mm-hmm. or to reach that homeschooling family who became homeschoolers because their child is struggling and having an issue. And as a matter of fact, one of the things that we're finding is that even adults are now utilizing the Vertice curriculum to surmount things that perhaps were never addressed when they were in their school years. Um, What I'm particularly excited about is the fact that Calvert didn't just collaborate with Gemesee to create a curriculum, and they didn't just say, here's an available curriculum for you, but they actually have gone out and conducted a number of double-blind studies to make sure that what they were producing would meet and remediate these children's challenges. And as a matter of fact, if you go to the Vertice Learning website, which is mm-hmm. vertecelearning.org, you can see the posted results of that research that we've been able to take children in as little as 40 lessons and remediate them as much as two grade levels. And to me, that's tremendously exciting. And what's particularly unique about this study is Calvert recruited volunteers from the community to help these children. So we didn't go get educational experienced individuals. We took people like you and me, Vivian, and said, Mm -hmm. help these kids learn to read better and made it work. Yeah, right. And and did you use did you use staff from the Gemesee School as well, collaborating with the Calvert School? Gemesee, what they what we did was we created a a program that um, utilizes uh, what is considered the gold standard of language remediation, which is called the Orton Gillingham methodology, and utilizing that platform, Gemesee helped in conjunction with Calvert, it was a a pure collaboration of just, you know, the best of the best to make this program be available to help families. And what we're particularly excited about now is because we have this double-blind research, we can now take this out into the homeschool community and um, even the public and private school community and say, here's a tool that's available for you. And families are really very enthusiastically supporting 
um, Albert's efforts in this area. I have a child who struggled with reading issues. Mm-hmm. Vertice was in its beta testing, um, and we utilized some components of the program very successfully for him, and he's now doing very well. And I have to say, in all honesty, this is so exciting for me because I talk to families who are so frustrated because their their children aren't learning, and until a child has truly failed multiple times, you can't even get a public school detention in this mm-hmm. economic environment. Mm-hmm. I know I have a friend who's um, got one of her twins is um, dyslexic, and he's going to the Scottish Rite, and she managed to catch it fairly early. I think he was about six and that's a two-year, a very long two-year program, very intrusive on her homeschooling curriculum for the rest of her children. She's got four children, you know, and she mm-hmm. has to traipse, traipse off to this hospital, which is in the, you know, sort of long way away and stay there for several hours every day of the week, you know, and she's, oh, it's really hard work for her. So something like this would probably work for people like that who are having to do this. Well, and then... The beauty of this is we, I just talked with a family this week that one of their children has a language challenge and one does not. Both are homeschooled. Both are using the framework of Calvert, but one is getting their needs met through vertice. The other is a, a traditional Calvert student, and the parent's not losing her mind running around trying to uh, meet two entirely different curriculum mm-hmm. parameters. So that in in and of itself is a tremendous blessing because it gives the parent the ability to focus on each child on their needs and still have a life <laughs> outside yeah, the academics. Right. So you say, so does, is the curriculum available in at each grade level? Is it, has it been sort of incorporated into each grade level? Is it something that's completely separate from, say, if you were enrolled well, in fourth grade, you'd get your whole fourth grade, um, you know, sort of package, and then you would get vertice on top of that? The way, the way it works is the core elements like um, science and um, geography and those kinds of things would be Calvert curricula. Mm-hmm. Then your um, reading elements, your compositional elements, your language elements would be vertice curriculum. And what sometimes happens with these children is um, perhaps you are at the first stage as far as um, uh, your spelling, but really your reading component could be at a higher, a more sophisticated level. So vertice has the tools to actually customize those. Um, to various levels. We don't use grade levels. We actually color code them because it's more fluid with a child as they learn the reading process. Um, and we also want those children to feel affirmative about their progress. We don't want to say to a seventh grade student, well, you know, you really are a second grade speller. Mm-hmm. So instead we, we say, you know, you're going to be at this color-coded level of vertice and we'll remediate you through that as rapidly as you want to work. Yeah. And so that is a positive and an affirming um, perspective to the student as well because they can begin to feel successful. And a lot of these children just have felt unsuccessful for so mm-hmm. long. Being, having the opportunity to feel successful is all the difference in the world. 
Okay, so you said that a lot of times it's the parent who's the first person who notices that there's a there's a problem with their um, child's um, reading or language skills. So they can catch them really young. So a kindergartner can have the advantage of starting with Vertice right from the very well, beginning. Well, we, Vertice does not begin until the third grade. And, okay. and part of the reason for that is because most language challenges don't show themselves until that age. Okay. You have to, you know, most children, if they're, have, if they're struggling with phonics, that's not really going to become apparent to a first grader or a second grader. Mm-hmm. It really becomes obvious when the child reaches that, what should be a fluency of language that sort of begins in the third grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can assist parents, um, but really the formal vertice curriculum begins as a third grade intervention. And, and then the program would work very well with um, your assisted teacher, what I call that teacher, the, the, the assisted teacher the advisory, advisory service, teacher, yes. yes. Um, yeah. But what, what if the parent decides that they don't want to go with a teacher advisory, they want to do it themselves? Is it possible to do it without a teacher advisory? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. parent, every parent has access to the education counselors. Mm-hmm. Um, at Calvert, one of the things that we're very careful with the Vertice program is we make sure that that relationship is well established because the last thing we want is a parent to feel that they don't have the support necessary to be successful. Mm-hmm. So we um, we begin a dialogue with parents early on who utilize the Vertice curriculum, whether they're getting transcript service from us through the advisory teaching service or not, um, to support them in that process. Okay, so um, the parent can keep up with how the child is progressing, and it's it's a very logical progression. If they don't, um, you know, sort of get through these particular skills, then they're not going to move on to the next level. Is That's that right? right, and you know, yeah. very often um, children who have language uh, challenges have parents who have language challenges. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. the parent's sensitive to it in the first place. Mm-hmm. So we have to be able to support both the parent and the child. And um, we're doing that very successfully. Families are so excited about the progress their children are making. And often we'll have children who will be involved in the Vertice curriculum, and then they can seamlessly transition back into the Calvert curriculum in later grades. So you're you're saying that they can go through maybe a couple of years using Vertice and then finally don't need it anymore? Is that what you're saying? Mm Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's amazing. That's correct. All right. Very well, we exciting, have... I have to say. It's, this is just, I, I am so enthusiastic to see this as, as a tool, and my enthusiasm continues unabated because I keep talking to families who are enthusiastic about mm-hmm. how much success their children are having. Right. Well, um, I'm going to go on another break. Um, so if you could stay maybe for about five minutes after the next break, that would be great, Gretchen. Yes. So for those of you who are just joining us, I'm talking to Gretchen Rowe, the community liaison for the Calvert School. And we're talking about Calvert's joint venture with the Gemisi School for children who have difficulties with their reading and language skills. So after this short break, we'll continue briefly with our conversation. Um, So don't go far. Just get yourself another hot drink and come right back.
How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, the Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon, Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment, and that's what the Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Information is power. The power to change your life. So be here for Education to Excellence. Some of the most valuable information you may ever receive will be shared with you 7 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday night with Education to Excellence with your host, Bruce Beichman. You'll benefit from insightful shows featuring guests that are proven experts in their field. Little-known facts on how to improve your health by making one very simple change in your morning routine. If you're a high school graduate or working adult and a bachelor's, master's, or doctorate degree from an accredited college would change your life, you won't want to miss this. Education to excellence. Shift your career into high gear without ever attending a traditional college class. Learn investment strategies from proven experts who have a track record of helping normal individuals build abnormal wealth. Check out their website, education2excellence.com. Then join us for the show, Education to Excellence, with your host, Bruce Beichman. Tuesday nights at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. All right, we're back, and I'm still with Gretchen, and we're going to talk for a little bit more about this wonderful program that um, the Calvert School and Gemesis School have um, collaborated on. And um, well, well, collaborated so that Calvert can come up with a curriculum. It's not so much that Gemesis is—they're um, not doing anything with Calvert. They're not selling Calvert curriculum out of their school, are they? <laughs> No, they they are our intellectual think tank, I think would be yeah. the best way to describe it. Um, we yeah. would not have been able to cru- to field this endeavor without um, Gemesis wisdom, and um, we still collaborate with improvements to the material on a frequent basis. But um, uh, it's Calvert is the um, the front end server to the public. Um, so and did, Gemesis did has been a wonderful you... resource. So did any of you, any of your teachers, do they have to go through any special training in order to be able to do this? Actually, we do have um, uh, uh, Orton Gillingham trained um, education counselors who work with our Vertice families um, Hmm. who have had specific intensive training in working with children with uh, language-based learning difficulties. Okay. Um, some of them have over 30 years of experience of doing mm-hmm. this, so they were very excited to come aboard yeah. um, with the Vertice program. 
Okay. Now, um, something that always comes up is um, how much does this cost? How much does even Calvert cost? And I don't know whether you um, give prices out or whether it's just custom. It depends, you know, sort of what what kind of curricula you've got. I mean, I don't know if you can mix and match now. I know you couldn't in my day when I was doing it, but you might be able to now. It might be more flexible or whether they go on the computer and, and use those resources. So is it very expensive? Is it a lot it more does, twice it the price? It does vary by the grade level and it also mm-hmm. ver- varies by... Um, uh, your child's individual needs. Um, your child may not need a complete vertice curriculum. Your child may just need perhaps the um, uh, grammar portion of the vertice curriculum. Okay. And so okay. um, the cost varies by the student. There are uh, uh, there is pricing, of course, both on the Calvert and the vertice website. Um, but it really is driven more by a conversation with what the student specific needs are to be able to come up with um, the price. And mm-hmm. the webinar that I mentioned earlier, we also conduct those webinars for vertice. Um, and so if a family thinks that they may need um, that type of remediation, they can certainly participate in a vertice webinar as well. Mm-hmm. And they could be given more information about financial costs and whether they can afford it or... That's right. Now, families who participate in my Calvert webinar actually uh, get a small discount on their curriculum for having participated in the webinar, which um, encourages families to make an informed decision. We don't we don't want people to just decide to do something. We want them to make an informed decision so that they will be um, uh, pleasantly pleased with what they have chosen to do. Yeah, and I have to say from experience that. Oh, it's a fraction of the cost of any private school out there. So well worth the money. So, uh, I mean, unless it's gone up really, really a lot. I just spent time over the Christmas holidays with a friend who has three children in private school. And um, uh, her eldest is the same age as my sixth grader. And over the course of dinner, her husband just casually mentioned that they were spending $65,000 a year to put these three children in private school here in the Annapolis area. (laughs) Well, I, I can tell you, Vivian, I was so gobsmacked, I couldn't say anything. I know. Well, Calvert doesn't cost anywhere near that fraction of that cost, absolutely. So, oh, my gosh, that's a lot of money to spend on. <laughs> and well, I'm I, I don't even recognize to... that my children are getting an, an equal, if not better, instructional um, experience than I know their children are. Their children are in a wonderful school. That's not, not yeah. to ping that school at all. But, but the truth of the matter is, I still think the best educator possible for a student is a, an interested parent or adult who can assist that child on a one-on-one basis. And teamed with Calvert and now teamed with Vertice for those that have um, language problems then couldn't get any better. In fact, um, Gretchen, I spoke to, um, I had, the, you know, I had um, graduating homeschools, had a session about them and, and um, Callan was graciously wonderful on my show. And um, I spoke to somebody who was contemporary of my husband's mine, who was in the circus and used Calvert, well, his mother used Calvert, I have 40, 50 years ago. So I'm going, oh, this is just amazing. You know, that's how we first heard about Calvert was when he said, oh, I was homeschooled and my mom used Well, you know, your network engineer is a Calvert student as well. We had a conversation this morning. Yes, she was uh, a Calvert student in Mexico growing up. 
So it, it has a great deal of reach, I have to say, over the Christmas holidays. Um, I met a woman who was visiting here from Finland at our church, and uh, somebody mentioned something that I was affiliated with Calvert School, and she said, oh, I used Calvert School when I was a child, and I used it for my children as well. So yeah, yeah. it really is. It becomes a small world. Yeah, it does. It does. And um, this is just, this sounds like a fantastic program. So I'm so glad that um, Calvert has the, the foresight to, um, you know, change and grow because they do computer work now, don't they? And, um, you know, you're, you're really, you know, keeping up with the times, which I think is, is very Absolutely. commendable. And I am very excited this year. I'm going to get the opportunity to travel to a dozen different homeschool conferences to um to share both the Calvert and the Vertice curriculum. I'll be traveling all over the United States. So I'm looking forward to meeting a lot of uh, families and, and sharing with them this opportunity. It's going to be a very exciting endeavor. Well, um, unfortunately, Gretchen, we've come to the end of our time again, so I am going to have to talk to you in another few months about other things. Um, but it's I will been look absolute... forward to that, Vivian. It's always <laughs> a pleasure to speak to you. Well, thank you. Well, I've been chatting to Gretchen Rowe, Community Liaison for the Calvert School. Um, she's a host of webinars for their global and not-so-global students, and you can find her in the curriculum at www.calvertschool.org. And if you put homeschool before calvertschool.org, you get to a more, what, um, refined that part of the site? That you straight to our homeschool yeah. site. That's right. Yeah. All right, well, we talked about Vertice, the joint collaboration between Calvert and Gemacy School for Children with Dyslexia and other reading and language difficulties. And we also chatted about the flexibility of the Calvert curriculum, how to incorporate it into your homeschool at any time of the year and how to use it with multiple ages. And we took a little time to talk about our holidays and our families and catch up with the mum and homeschooler, Gretchen. And this has been a great pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. And I hope that 2012 starts and remains a fruitful and productive year for you and your family, Gretchen. Have a terrific well, weekend. Thanks, and I'll, I'll be look forward of you. to speaking to you again. All right. And I'll be thinking of you while I eat my fish and chips tonight. <laughs> Good. That sounds great. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Well, did any of you make any resolutions? Remember um, my New Year's show and the experts I had on? Well, they suggested all kinds of great things to do. One was to look after yourself, to tune into your body and to listen to its cues. If you're tired, take a 10-minute nap. If you're frustrated, count to 10. If you're stressed, just breathe deeply for a few moments. Another way was to learn to say no or give yourself time to think before locking into an event or a commitment that really doesn't apply to where you are at the moment. For example, does being a lay reader at your church really tie in with your plans to reach out to your community? Or would volunteering at a food pantry suit you better? And my friend, Dr. Anne Dunnewell, talked about my favorite tool, the to-do list. I admitted to finding my list disheartening at times. Why? She allayed my fears that this tool was not the right one for me by suggesting I also keep a did-do list too. I chastised myself as I scan miserably through my to-do list and at the end of the day, if I have no tick marks on it, I'm, I think I've been up and busy for 14 hours. What the heck 
did I do? Not nap, that's for sure. Then I get all anxious and flustered as I try to think of what I've been up to for all those hours. This is where the did-do list comes in. You write it at the end of the day, and very often it will not resemble your other, other list one iota. You'll find it's organised to the Uh, sorry, you'll find that it is filled with all the things you did um, that you were trying to get through while you had a terrifically organized to-do list, but maybe along the way you got interrupted by a little Skype icon coming across your screen. You realize it's one of your children's school calling. And quite honestly, I'm quite happy to drop everything to talk to my children. So maybe I spoke to all three of my children in Texas for 30 minutes today. So, you know, that kind of interrupted me. And then perhaps maybe I had a cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit with my husband um, when we needed a break from our computers. And um, that was always a welcome break for both of us. Or probably I picked up my Christmas cards, which are still out. They go away today. And read through them again um, for about 15 minutes and um, perhaps I took another yoga class that wasn't on my to-do list with my husband and we did a little bit of a meditation and that would have worked out really well. So the on the to-do list there are things that I have to do but sometimes I don't get to do all of them and if I'm wondering what the heck it was I did all day then I need to keep a did-do list as my friend said and that way I can look at my list and actually I keep them on two separate pages usually opposite each other so I can go well I didn't get any of that done but look at what I did do today so that works really well. And as I said, today's epiphany, and that's when all my stuff comes down, my Christmas tree comes down, it's only a little one, sits on a table, and uh, that won't take very long to take down, and um, the crash comes down and all the cards go away, and um, that's it. And we'll go to Mass tonight, we have a big Mass going on tonight, so I've managed to use up a whole hour, and I'm going to close. Um... I'll be here same time, same place next week. Um, so I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight. I'm looking out of the window, actually. It was beautiful, sunny, and it's getting ready to be dark in 30 minutes, so I'm making the most of what I can see outside. Um, anyway, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight, our four children, who are the result of that belief. I miss you four in Texas, the hardworking staff at Toginet Radio, my dear guest Gretchen Rowe, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Anne in Lindale, Hannah, Tina, Rosemary, and many others listening on Monday to Sandy Fowler, Hartfield Holidays, and also on Monday, Sandra Beck, Military Mom Talk. Uh, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Do, do, do. Do, do, do. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney 